This is Psych, Wine, and Pop Culture, a podcast brought to you by two best friends, Kristen and Heather. Join us for a glass of wine, providing a psychological perspective on popular TV shows and movies. And candid conversations about mental health. This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. I'm sad. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> I was super depressed we because you're not here. If we were just together, we had this nice vacation planned where you came to Texas mm-hmm. and you were here for like, what, 10 days? <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> My husband was like, dang, that's a long time. My mom, everybody was like, this is too long. They're, we're dying without you. <laughs> I mean, it was a long time, but it didn't really feel like it. Like, it felt like it flew by so fast, and then you were gone. Honestly, I feel like it did, too. It went by really quickly. You know, we had a little bit of just, you know, staying at home, watching a bunch of movies, which I enjoyed and I loved, because nobody can watch that many movies at one sitting, (laughs) except for you and me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we had our girls' trip in Fredericksburg, so we got a little bit of wine tasting, but we did it safe of course because COVID-19 is happening so we're very safe by doing all the procedures hand washing having our masks on Mm -hmm. and then the best part was we got to celebrate that you got into grad school yay why did I you're officially a grad student (laughs) why did I do that to myself I have too much going on (laughs) I think you and I like to torture ourselves we like to (laughs) put ourselves through school and continue to torture our brains who knows yep that's exactly what I'm gonna be doing because I've got the this podcast grad school my stamp business mm-hmm. and your regular workday job oh yeah I forgot about that <laughs> how do you forget about that that's your income my job <laughs> your regular job yep, my regular 40 hour week job and dogs and boyfriend it's gonna be a lot and family that's just, I don't even know. I'm just not going to exist. I'm going to cease to exist. Mm, I think you, you'll be able to do it. Honestly, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, but you're way smarter than me. It just takes a little me. bit of adjusting. You always think that, but I'm not. You are. You get like straight A's. I just do it because, <laughs> I mean, I actually stopped caring towards the end of grad school, to be honest. So I was like, who cares about straight A's? Nobody's checking my transcripts. Nobody asked me, what did you get in social psychology? Nobody asked that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just want to get good grades. Towards the end of my undergrad, I was getting good grades. So I want to I want to make sure that I do well and I succeed. And I want to get through it. I feel like being smart is also power being hard worker as well. So you're a really hard worker. A lot of – if you can't do the work, then you're not going to succeed. You see? So you're a hard worker, and I feel like you can do it. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know it was hard work? Mm, no idea you could say anything <laughs> this outline what? that you put together about our topic racial trauma oh yeah it was a doozy yeah it, it was a little it was challenging I, I just wanted to get the most latest stuff out there I really wanted to talk about it and hopefully it's something that's interesting and people you know take a little bit from this episode today I think they'll like it and this is a topic that I think both of us have been pretty passionate about our listeners have they love you know hearing us talk about race and 
racial bias mm-hmm. and colorism and all kinds of stuff that we've been mentioning, my, racial microaggressions. So I think they'll like this one because it's a different take. You know, this is talking about trauma. Not that those issues are not serious that we talked about already, but this is more, you know, serious in the sense that it's affecting someone clinically or having something that affects someone even past time. You know, time goes on and still affects the person. Yes. So So maybe time doesn't heal all (laughs) wounds. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, after hearing this episode, you may not think that. So I do want to thank everybody who has listened to all the episodes prior to that. So thank you for listening, guys. Yes, thank you. We appreciate everybody who leaves us comments, who shares this podcast, who lets us know what they think about the episodes. We appreciate it. So continue to subscribe and like and leave us some reviews too because that actually helps us um, get detected easier like on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. So if you go on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. and you just please hit that five-star rating, we've already got a few. <laughs> and if you want, leave a review too because the more stuff that we have there, the more the, the easier it is for other people to find this podcast. You know, we're, we're, we're starting out small. We're not paying for any kind of advertising or anything. So when people find us, it's all through word of mouth. Basically, yes. You'd be surprised. There's a lot that goes into – podcast and just by having more reviews you are more searchable you get suggested mm-hmm. by other podcasts mm-hmm. you know when you see like oh you may also like so it's definitely appreciated if you guys leave us a review yes please and we are on google podcasts apple podcasts and podbean as far as i know i haven't found us anywhere else so you want to go ahead and get started yes i can't wait okay So today, as Kristen had stated, we're going to talk a little bit about race, and part of that topic today that we're talking about is racial trauma. So Kristen had a great idea, and she said, you know, I think we really need to give credit to this person because she really enjoyed what this person had said just by reading the outline that I did, and I definitely agree with Kristen because I absolutely love this person as well. I admire her. I find her very inspiring, and I've actually listened to her talk at some webinars, so definitely should give her credit where credit is due. Yes. Okay. And this person is called Dr. Shelley Harrell. She's actually a psychologist, and she has nearly 30 years of experience as a therapist. She's also a professor, mentor, and consultant. She has focused her career on both research and developing interventions that address the needs of culturally diverse and underrepresented populations. I love that. I know, right? (laughs) You don't really hear that very often, honestly. She's kind of like a very unique expertise. A lot of people just focus on general things, and I love that she took a very specific focus, especially helping people who are underrepresented. Yeah, and when you like did those webinars and stuff... You, I remember you calling me and you were just so ecstatic about it. You were like over the moon, just like excited to share what you had learned. And I was like, who's this doctor? She's like, she sounds like a badass. And you're like, she is. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep, she definitely is. It's pretty cool that we get to share some of the stuff that she studies and and what her work is revolved around in, in this episode. Yeah, and we're actually going to talk about another person as well, so I don't want to forget to mention her, but we are also going to talk about Dr. Thema Bryant-Davis, mm-hmm. and she also did the webinar that I saw as well with Dr. Harello. So I'll probably be referring to them throughout the episode, 
and we'll go ahead and get started. So according to Dr. Shelley Harrell, she defines racial trauma as the race-related transactions between individuals or group and their environment that emerge from the dynamics of racism and that are perceived to tax or exceed existing individual and collective resources or threaten well-being. Yeah, I was like, wait, English, please. <laughs> English, translate that. I know. Us psychologists, we like to make things sound so professional <laughs> and, you know. The way I look at it is that she's basically saying that there's race-related interactions that happen in modern day. And that's probably due to racism that happened in the past. And these people who have experienced that racism over time, either through their ancestry or through other family members and even themselves individually, they tend to experience either harm to themselves by their well-being, which basically means that they feel like they're a second-class citizen, that they're not seen as you know equal to other people. And that is a factor of relational trauma. I imagine that if like a lot of people, you know, in your family throughout your your ancestry have felt this this constant threat due to racism that it would manifest itself throughout time. And I think another thing that she was trying to point out is that it not only affects the individual but also affects them in a different way. So when she says collective resources, she's talking about that yeah, people who are people of color they don't get all the resources that people who are privileged do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Getting the high, pay, higher paying jobs, getting med- the right medical care, living in a nice neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like over time you start to realize, well, if all of people who look like me are all in that same category, then I should be in that category too. So it makes you think that you can't strive for or you can't be out of that particular norm for that group and that's all going back to racism damn i know (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty heated right it's pretty intense topic um this uh trauma is also called something else so you may hear it as ethno-racial trauma so that's just another word for it racial trauma specific to race and then when you kind of bring that ethno part into it they're also talking about ethnicity as well okay and Obviously, when we're looking at racial trauma, it's going to be typically experienced by people of color. And there's so many different levels of trauma that can be experienced. And one of those is by oppression. So being oppressed in an environment, either it could be hostile or even non-hostile environments. And this kind of goes back to those racial microaggressions we talked Mm -hmm. about. Some of the microaggressions were intentional, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Versus others were you know, unintentional, like they really didn't see what they were saying to another person and how that person perceived that insult or that invalidation based on their race. Right. So an example of oppression is let's say you're in a group at work and let's say you always have these good ideas and you always bring them up, but your boss never seems to kind of follow through with one of your ideas, but all the white people do Mm. or the people who are not of color do. Mm -hmm. That's in in an area of oppression or an environment of oppression. So by having that experience, either consciously or subconsciously, it affects how you feel about yourself or your well-being. It it feels like, well, I can't really say what I need to say or people don't take me seriously or I'm not as smart as as this other person. Yeah, and, and like it sucks to have those thoughts. It sucks when that happens to you when you're a person of color. It's like there's no other way to... 
I don't know. It just kind of makes you feel just bad about yourself. I I mean, the way it affects me is like it can kind of like take a toll on my day. Mm-hmm. It does. And I feel like we have talked about this before where you feel that sometimes it's like a double whammy for you. Not only are you a person of color, but you're a woman of color. Yep. And when you're in situations that are maybe more male-dominated, it's sometimes even harder to come across. Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially in the world of news. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely feel that. And, you know, it could be a triple whammy just because of age. Oh, dude, that's a good one. Oh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, me being a younger <laughs> professional, a woman and a woman of color, not always seen as like, an expert in what you do. I mean, I very well mm-hmm. am in certain areas and I don't feel necessarily that I'm always treated with that respect that I know what I'm doing. Mm. So I can see it. Sometimes it's like a combination of those things. So age, being a woman and then being of color as well. So I think this is something that it's important to talk about and I'm glad that you brought up your own personal experience. So again, With this racial trauma, there's different levels. So there is levels of oppression that are experienced. And some people who do experience this racial trauma, they have a difficulty with understanding who they are sometimes, how they see themselves in comparison primarily with the majority culture and the minority culture. So that's kind of what you were talking about here. So even though, let's say you're young, you're a professional, you're a woman of color, you're a woman, are you able to be in that same light as the majority culture. I would say your majority culture are usually older people, right? They're typically not of color, right? So you do see those differences. And sometimes those people are not able to understand those cultural levels, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say just myself. Uh, Obviously, I am a invisible minority in a sense, So, like, I am half white, half Mexican, but if you look at me, you'd probably more likely think I'm white just because my skin tone. But I have had that a lot of people, when they see me and they see how young I look, they assume that I'm a student and I'm not a professor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe that's the age thing that you're talking about. I thought that when you were at the long-term care facility and you were doing therapy with all kinds of patients of like ages older than you especially like the elderly that they wouldn't take you seriously because of how young you look and how young you really are compared to them but you said that you never got that over there with them Mm -mm. very rarely very rarely I think only one time that somebody thought I was a volunteer oh like a high school oh my gosh (laughs) just once but I would say more so in the teaching room I've gotten a lot of like other professors they ask me like oh are you waiting for your teacher to come or your professor like I'll be sitting in the classroom (laughs) or something like that you know I've had that way more often in a teaching setting but not to deviate what we're talking about basically this is leading up to something that a lot of people don't really necessarily think about so these experiences that we talked about maybe oppression in the workplace or just people perceiving you in a different light because of your skin tone or having biased attitudes, those can all kind of trigger a trauma response for some people Mm. when it comes to their race. So I wanted to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do you know what post-traumatic slave syndrome is? It's okay if you don't. No, of course not. Why would I know what that is? 
It's okay. I'm, hey, I mean, I'm not the psychologist. You never know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> half the stuff you bring up, I'm always like, what is that? Like the cult behavior episode. I'm like, what is, I still can't pronounce that one word you shared with me. Honestly, I can't even, I don't remember the word. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you in a different, in a different way. So have you ever heard of like that saying where, um, slavery is in the past, so it doesn't affect you right now? Oh my gosh. Yes. I hate when people try to make that, they try to make that argument like, well, that happened a long time ago. And it's like, uh, wait, uh, <laughs> like, did you just say that? That's like the most insensitive thing someone could say, I think. It is. I've known people who have said that. It's basically stating that it did not happen or they're not acknowledging how someone's affected by it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The gravity of it. So that's kind of what post-traumatic slave syndrome is. But on the other hand, basically, it is saying that that is a thing. <laughs> okay, guys. So even though, yes, slavery happened many, many, many years ago, it's still affecting people in modern day. So overall, especially in the United States, we're not going to look at other cultures, but in the United States, African-Americans have been marginalized and continue to be marginalized. So in looking at history, black individuals were slaves in which they were treated as not valued, less than a human being, and subjected to physical violence. These slaves also had children in which their children also observed how black people were perceived and also how their parents were treated. Okay, that's just one part. So through social learning, black children learn from their parents to cope with oppression by lowering their own respect and expectations they had for themselves. Today, African-American parents are forced to tell their children that they must work twice as hard because they are viewed as being inadequate by society. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually have heard this. Obviously, I know you probably have a lot to say from this. So go ahead and let me know what you think about that statement. Uh, I mean, yes, I, I've heard this uh, from friends and also like to give a pop culture reference, because that's the other side of our podcast is pop mm-hmm. culture in Scandal. If there are any Scandal Ooh. fans out there, um, there is an episode, a few episodes where Olivia Pope, who's the main character played by Carrie Washington, her dad tells her, like, repeat what I say. You have to work what? And she goes twice as hard. And then he goes to what? And she's like twice as hard to get half of what they have. Isn't that fucked up? It's a profound statement, though, because it is true. It is true. I feel like no matter if you're black, any person of color, people may perceive you in a different light. They may view you as lazy or they may view you as like, maybe they're not smart enough. So now you have to kind of challenge those people by saying, hey, you know what? I'm not that. And you do have to work twice as hard. I feel like that's especially true for African-Americans, though, in this country. I definitely agree with you on that. So we just talked about post-traumatic slave syndrome. So I do want to clarify that this is something you can be diagnosed with. This is just an experience. So we are going to talk about imposter syndrome later on Mm -hmm. in our next few episodes. And that's also an experience as well. So this is not something in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, but it's more of just an experience that people have. Okay? Okay. So what are the long-term effects of this trauma that we're talking about here? So some research has suggested that there are physiological responses that current-day Black individuals experience from past trauma responses. For example, 
Black people are more likely to have cardiovascular health issues in comparison with other races. So can I ask you just to define for us what physiological means? Because you said physiological responses. So I just want to make sure that's clarified. Okay, definitely I could do that. So physiological responses refer to anything within the body that is observed. So for example, heart rate, breathing rate, blood pressure, even having stress hormones. Those are all physiological responses that happen on the body. And a lot of those things are affected by stress or trauma. So like if you've ever experienced anxiety, a physiological response to anxiety would be like stress sweat. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. So yeah, if you ever had like a panic attack, you know, your heart rate, you feel like your heart's going to jump out of your chest, you start sweating. Those are all physiological responses to your anxiety or your stress. So black people are more likely from this research that you're sharing with us that they're more likely to have cardiovascular health issues. So like Mm -hmm. what high blood pressure? Yeah, high blood pressure, aka hypertension, and then even having more stress hormones within their body. So cortisol is one of the major stress hormones. And there has been research linked to African-Americans having more of that stress hormone within their body. And they basically are kind of theorizing that because of these trauma responses, they get triggered by these oppression experiences that I talked about before. So in the workplace, you know, if you're going to the store and someone follows you around because they think you're going to steal something, that's going to potentially make you feel a certain way. And some people may be triggered by that, either knowingly or unknowingly, and it will induce a stress response. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. (laughs) So in general, we know that people of color are going to have more, I guess, events of oppression. So the more these events happen, the more likely that some stress will happen from that. Wow. It just, I, I love that you're like bringing all this up because it makes it just sound like you're validating a lot of, I feel like people who have these experiences, you're really validating them. No, this is true. Like this has been researched. This is Mm -hmm. a real thing. This happens. And I just, I love that you bring this stuff up. Well, thank you for saying that. I do want to say that obviously, I don't want to say all African-Americans or all black individuals have racial trauma, but I do want to let people know that it is something that black individuals do experience. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to like put them in one box or the other, but it has been researched like you're stating, which it's just, it's crazy to think that these trauma responses are even happening so far into the future from slavery. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of years later. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can do. And I think just talking about it, like we're doing here, educating and just stating what these are, because maybe someone has no idea about this. And they're like, wow, you know, maybe I should change how I perceive these individuals or change how I perceive other groups of people, you know? Mm. That's kind of where it starts. So Dr. Thema Bryant-Davis, so she was the one that when I did this webinar, she actually talked about that. And I had a feeling about it, but I wasn't necessarily sure. And she brought up the research with it. And she was stating that, yeah, there is a mind and body connection. So Mm -hmm. whenever you're feeling oppressed or you're feeling discriminated against, you're not going to feel happy. (laughs) You know, you're going to feel some type of negative emotion. You're going to feel either stress. You're going to feel maybe depressed. You're going to feel anxious. 
And that's going to cause some type of stressor. So your body is going to react to that. So you may hold your breath more often. You may constrict your blood vessels. You may feel like you have muscle tension. And that will build up over time. And that kind of explains why this research that I talked about before, that black people tend to have more cardiovascular issues. Yeah. So if you're holding your breath more or you're having more tension, it, it obviously does have some kind of connection. Mm-hmm. So another thing that Dr. Thema Bryant-Davis talked about also is that she really wants to educate on understanding that connection. I would say maybe for like older generations of people of color, they don't really see that connection. I've talked with, you know, through my therapy experience, you know, when I talked about stress and how the body reacts, sometimes they're like, oh, wow, you're right. When you told me about how my body reacts, I know that I'm stressed now. (laughs) So kind of making that connection right? Uh Even myself, sometimes I start to feel like my back hurts or like my muscles are super tense. And I'm like, what? Why? I didn't even work out today. Well, why am I feeling like this? Mm -hmm. I get tension headaches because I lock my jaw when I'm stressed or anxious. Mm -hmm. So having that connection can really facilitate more healing, according to Dr. Thema Brian Davis. And At times, individuals may numb themselves and shut down from experiencing those negative emotions. And that's not what we want to do, according to Dr. Brian Davis. You know, we want to make that connection. It's like we don't want to shut down. Obviously, these trauma responses are real. They don't really feel good. But we have to make that connection in order to move forward and heal, basically. Yes. I know. (laughs) So I love that you shared all of this. And what really got us kind of started on doing this particular episode was the fact that you brought up soul wounds and what soul wounds are in that episode called racial bias colorism and more so if you haven't had a Mm -hmm. chance definitely go back and listen to that one my boyfriend is a guest on that episode and from what we've heard we've gotten some pretty good feedback so that was just the beginning but when you brought up soul wounds I was like wow I just love the definition if you want to share it again So soul wounds is similar to racial trauma in the sense that through experiences of oppression, experiences of racism, we kind of affect our soul in our sense. So our soul, our well-being, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel we communicate to others. And especially when it comes to experiences of slavery, these wounds of the soul can carry over into modern day, into racial trauma, basically. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So I love that you brought that up when it comes to soul wounds. And this is another thing that I loved about what these two psychologists that I talked about today, Dr. Harrell and Dr. Bryant Davis, is that they also do work with mindfulness. So they specialize in people of color. And I have, interestingly, have had a lot of people of color in working in therapy and my clinical experience. And I find mindfulness is sometimes it's not communicated very well. Sometimes I feel like it's kind of a white construction, if you will. You know what I mean? Like telling them how to be mindful and like that type of stuff. You said that you were like, every time you go into a store and you see magazines, like at the checkout line and they have to do with like self-care or mindfulness or anything like that. You always say that you see white people on the covers. You always say that that kind of representation makes it seem like mindfulness is a white construct Mm -hmm. I mean they're basically you know reinforcing that idea and not to say mindfulness is I mean it can be for some people a white construct but I feel like 
maybe some people don't resonate with it, you know, what mindfulness is, how people define it. So that's why I love these two psychologists because they kind of redefined it mm. so that people of color can kind of maybe resonate with it more, maybe connect with it more. So they that's why they call it soulfulness, actually, instead of mm. mindfulness. And that goes back into treating the soul wounds. And they also define the, I guess, major characteristics of soulfulness as being present. So instead of saying, you know, be mindful of the situation, be mindful of your thoughts, you know, just have presence, be present with your people, be present with yourself. She's like a little different way to kind of say that. And they also say wokeness, which I love. <laughs> yeah, I just I like that because, you know, oftentimes you hear the phrase mind, body, soul, mind, body, mm -hmm. soul connection. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like it makes more sense. I love I love that it it's it can be both so you can be mindfulness it could be soulfulness so there is a mind body and the soul connection which I love that you brought that up too so the next thing they also say is wokeness so knowing yourself knowing others being woke <laughs> so I just love that because you know sometimes with mindfulness it's like okay um, listen to your breath you know, how do you feel? You know, it's a little mm -hmm. different. You know, sometimes people may not resonate with that. And sometimes, you know, using different terminology or just kind of getting to how the person experiences life can make it a little bit easier to engage in mindfulness or soulfulness. Yeah, absolutely. So I just love that particular portion. I know I said that 100 times, but that is soulfulness in a sense. I won't take too much time on it, but if you guys want to learn more about it, we'll go ahead and leave a show note of the two psychologists that we talked about and yes. you guys can make your own research yay i loved this episode you made it very palatable like i could digest the information you gave me about racial trauma now i can be more like you said considerate and compassionate as an individual well girl thank you it was <laughs> It was kind of difficult to do this, and I hope I did it justice. You know, obviously, I'm not an expert in this field, but I did do a lot of research, and this is a very important topic to me, so hopefully I did it some good. Yeah, I think you did. I think people will enjoy it, and if you did, please remember, like, we would appreciate it so much if you could share this information. You can share our posts on Instagram at psychwinepop, and if you want to hear more about topics about race just go ahead and dm us on instagram or shoot us an email at psychwinepop at gmail.com and uh i also wanted to add that we now have a facebook page so if you look up psychwinepop you'll find us and i don't have a lot posted on there yet but we will but i just wanted to let people know that if you're more of a facebook user we have that now too yay until next time This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. 